So let's everybody warm up, get to it. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Seeker. Season 2 is Mercy and Fire. We're going to discuss eight specific verses that walk us down the path to salvation. Our hope is that we can show how simple the plan really is to understand. But that doesn't mean it's easy. So after Romans, we're we, need not to there talk, we need to talk about... Well, we have a long way to go to get there. Though. We have a long way to go. Yeah. So what are we talking about now? Romans 5, five and eight. verse 8. All right, Daniel. Yes, sir. From John fourteen six to Romans 5, All the eight. way to Romans 5, 8. He you is the way. The connection? He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father... Except through him. Yes, sir. And then Paul says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. All right. Tie us in, Daniel, from from that to this. Okay. Well, I want to do that by taking us all the way back to the beginning, to Romans 3.23. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? So that while we were still sinners... Which, the we there is everybody. It's all of us. It, it, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That while we were still in that state, and we know from Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. Right. So while we were still sinners, we deserved, we had earned by our behavior, by our actions and choices, eternal death, spiritual death. The death, the separation from God after our mortal life is over. So that's, that's our condition prior to Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, and the way to the Father. So that the demonstration of God's love that Romans talks about is the establishment of a way out of that condition, a way back from all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, a way back from earning spiritual death. God demonstrates his own love in that he provides us a way out of that situation, which is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Right. So that while we were still sinners, that's when Christ died for us. So that death that Christ died, the physical and spiritual death that Christ died, was for everyone in that sinful state. It was the one sacrifice, the one death that satisfies the requirement for everybody. That covers our wages, basically. So that's why I wanted to put that verse here. Was that it, it, it sort of links in everything we've talked about before and points us toward the redemptive plan of God. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Listeners? <laughs> Feel free to write in and say no. <laughs> Feel free to call our non-existent phone lines. Call a number four. 
Oh, sorry, lost your color number four. Yeah, every time. Mm. Yeah, so you know, yeah, Jesus is the way. So we've we've got the path, but the way um, you know that Jesus is, he he. I, this verse to me just shows how much he loves us, and that you know, Jesus didn't just give his life for people that really were worth it. You know, people that really, you know, just had great hearts and were people that were worth sacrificing your life for, right? But sinners, but people that were not worthy of anything special. Um, You know, he even died for murderers. He died for anyone, basically anyone that committed any kind of sin in the past, died for them. They have a chance. They have a way at this point to be able to turn around and do something now because Jesus loved everybody. Everyone was in that equal state of being in a, you know, of, of having sinned and having that in their life and having that separation from God. But likewise now with Christ dying for us, we're all uh, again on an even playing field of all having the opportunity to be able to now follow the way that we talked about in the previous episode because Jesus did die for us. Mm-hmm. He took it all the way to the end. And I think you kind of hit on sort of the main theme of this verse, which is that we don't earn it. We don't do a single thing to deserve it. Because while we were still sinners, that's when Christ died for us. It's not, he didn't die for those people who had clawed their way out. He didn't die for those people who were pre-selected at birth to be worthy of this, the free gift of God. He died for us while we were still in that lost state. So we don't earn it ourselves. We don't get ourselves out of it. It's Jesus who gets us out of it. Mm -hmm. It's Christ's death who died for us while we were still sinners. That's what saves us. And that is a function of the love of God. Absolutely. The merciful, compassionate character of God. And and there's this... um, We have to admit that we are this person. Verse 6 says that we were without strength. Verse 7 says that we're probably not even a good man. Uh, Now, Jesus is in the fact that he died for us. Verse number uh, 10 says that we were enemies to God. Mm -hmm. This is not exactly paint the best picture of us and it's because it's the real picture of where we are in regards to our sin in relationship to the Lord and this is another part that's very hard because if we're going to admit that he is the way he is the truth the truth will reflect that the only one who is good and righteous would be God and the Son. I mean that's the only people who are really righteous and good and to your point earlier this means that we have to admit that we are weak still without strength but before, we were really without strength. He died for us, enemies of his, and not very good. So we definitely need this, you know. Um, but I think it, it has to speak to the humility to which we have to approach this, you know. Um, he humbled himself to the cross and to shame and agony and pain. And we definitely have to humble ourselves to him in recognition that he really is the way and this is the truth i like what you said there about how this is god paints a real picture 
of what our situation is, an honest appraisal of where we are. And I find that to be very faith-affirming, is that God is not going to sugarcoat our condition. Hmm. He's not handing out participation trophies. He's not, you know, everybody doesn't get a ribbon. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. That's just where we are. And knowing that that's the state that we start in, and at the same time, being able to see a clear way out of that, where God's not hiding anything, there's no secrets, there's no mysterious knowledge that only a few have, there's no guessing games with God. It's, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The wages of sin is death. But here's this free gift. Yep. It's eternal life. And I'm going to tell you exactly how to get that. That's what the Bible has for us. That, to me, is extremely affirming in my faith. It's not based on nothing. It's not wishful thinking. It's not, you know, pie in the sky, denying reality and what's around me. It's There's tangible steps and, you know, actual sort of... Um, real life gesturing a lot real (laughs) life application for me to go from all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god to a saved state to a redemptive salvation place i find that to be extremely affirming yeah y'all don't (laughs) no (laughs) no i was trying to find um related to what you're saying um the condition that he paints, that picture that he paints, um, is a dramatic picture. You know, it's not a pretty picture of us. And it just goes to show how much, um, you know, despite all those faults that we have, no matter what, I mean, a lot of times we can just be really hard on ourselves. And we do a lot of stupid things. And I think uh, a lot of people don't know the stupid things that each other does because we're trying to put on this perfect face for each other when, mm-hmm. you know, when we come to church, you know, we want to be like put together and whatnot. Um, I just talked to someone the other day that was talking to me about some problems they had that I didn't know that they had had. And, you know, it's just like, wow, you know, you're more real to me now, you know, cause I understand like you've been open with me, you know, there, but we're so afraid of being open with our condition. Um, of course, you know, to each other that, you know, God can, God knows, right? No matter who else knows or doesn't know, God knows our condition. And a lot of times we just are so hard on ourselves and beat ourselves up so hard about that. We can't get over it. You know, we just dwell on it. You know, like we give up sometimes because we think, here I did, I screwed it up again, you know? (laughs) And then you feel like, you know, how can God still love me now? But that's a perfect example of no matter what, I mean, when you're at the rock bottom with all these things going on against you, Jesus will still get back on that cross and die for you. You know, he doesn't need to because he did it one time for all. But he would do it again today if he had to, you know, because that's how much he loves us. And um, and so we just don't, I think, appreciate grace enough when you boil it down because that's what really saves us, you know, is is that God extends us that grace despite all those things. You know, he had to do these things. Jesus had to come. He had to die. He had to take our sin on. But we just undervalue the importance of grace in our lives. Mm -hmm. 
And um, like in John 1.17, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've heard people say, like, to my face, there's no way that God could love me. Like, I just don't, I don't believe that. Well, guess what? <laughs> God knew full well what each of us was like when he sent his son. He had a complete picture of what we were like. Because we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of that glory. Mm-hmm. Because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And what that demonstrates is the unending, uncomprehensible love of God. Which is an amazing thing. And like you were saying, the grace of God, which is just part and parcel of that love. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think you're right. We drastically underestimate the effect of grace. What grace has done for each and every one of us. Yeah. Rock bottom is actually like the place to recognize our condition and trust in the Lord. Like you you said, you know, you just plumb it down. Many people find that they, I don't want to say find the Lord, that's cliche. They (laughs) find that they start to understand their condition on their way down. Once they hit rock bottom, we have to see that we really have a need. Like, otherwise we read this and we say, how dare, how dare he tell me who I am, right? We don't like that. We don't want anybody to tell us that we're weak. You want to hear that? You're like, no, I'm not weak. But at some point, you're going to recognize that the Lord's right. And when you recognize the Lord's right, sometimes you're on the rocks. Like, you're about as far down as you can go. Um, but but then remember that Paul is very clear in saying that it's in our weakness that that the might and the strength of God is seen. Like that is where that is where the might of the Lord is seen in our weakness. Um, but it's not until we really lay it down and just kind of just let go until we start to see who we are, and then we can really take hold of who the Lord is. And quite frankly, if we think that there's no way the Lord could possibly love us, like let's not mute God's power. Actually, it's it's his power which makes him be be in that position. Like that shows how awesome he is, right? Let's not say he can't do something. Let's not limit him. He's actually able to love us through all of our silliness. We're just like you know, like you kids are like really sleepy sometimes. You like and they just do crazy stuff. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm not sleepy. <laughs> I'm I know, I know, I'm fine. You're like and you're looking at them and you're thinking I mean, I know. You're the father, and you're like, I know. Like, this kid's out of control. They have no idea the state they're in. Right. That's what we are. We're all a bunch of sleepy kids. And God's really looking at us going, man, if you if you only knew where you were right now, just wait until you get some rest and you you have your wits about you. You know what's going on. Right. That's what we are. We're just kind of stumbling around like sleepy kids. And the Lord's steadily going, it's okay. Just go to bed, man. <laughs> Figure this out. Like, I already know what's best for you. And Endless love, right? Absolutely. Obviously the love of a father yeah I just think like there's a similar verse in John that you always think, probably the most famous most famously attributed quoted verse in the Bible John three sixteen, right for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son but I really wish the guy at the football game with the sign would put John three seventeen on his sign yeah 
Because for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's the love of God. Mm -hmm. That's the grace and mercy and compassion and love of God. Is that Jesus died for us not to condemn us. Not to say, you're sinners and you're stuck there. That's not why he died. He died to pull us out of that. To show us the way to get to the Father. And to get that gift of eternal life. To pull us out of the fire. Back to Jude. Mm -hmm. Back to Jude. Thanks for listening to Seeker. Find us at seekerpodcast.com. Visit our website for more information about the project. Also check out our blog and other information there as well. Have a good one.